This is the truth about Solana. We're about to reveal some crazy facts about Solana that you haven't heard of. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. The Beam Pod is presented by Dowmaker, the top crypto launchpad in the industry. Dowmaker allows people to participate in top crypto projects before they launch and generate some of the best returns you can find anywhere. They also provide growth solutions for crypto projects that are looking for funding and assistance with marketing. With their revolutionary new public strongholder offerings, everyone can get early access to top crypto projects regardless of their net worth. Dowmaker is rapidly disrupting the venture capital industry. If you're interested, head over to dowmaker.com to learn more. This episode of the Beam Pod is sponsored by KyberSwap. KyberSwap is a DEX and DEX aggregator which is built to facilitate all your DeFi needs in one single platform. Fast, cheap, and safe. User experience is KyberSwap's sole focus to make everyone's life better in DeFi. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today, we're going to be revealing the truth about Solana. There's a lot you may not know about Solana, so tune in to the end because we have some crazy facts and we're going to reveal a lot of information about this blockchain technology. So Solana is definitely one of the most talked about blockchains for a reason. People use it. It's widely adopted. It's had a meteoric rise from, you know, the bottom 100. Now it's in the top 10, right? So it's obviously something needs to, we need to get to the bottom of a little bit of controversy that's happening right now, huh? So what makes Solana so special, first of all? Because there's so many smart contract platforms out there. There's a lot of layer ones. What makes Solana so unique compared to an Ethereum or you know, a cosmos. Right. So that's, that's the reason why it's become so popular lately is it's fast. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, Solana is fast. We've seen what's happening with Ethereum these days. Um, you know, Board Ape Yacht Club just had their metaverse mint and it was insane. It was slow, extremely expensive. People were paying like a thousand dollars in gas or up to $4,000 in gas to mint some of that metaverse land. Jesus. So that's, that would never happen on Solana because it's fast and transaction fees or gas fees are extremely low. So if you look at the comparisons of the blockchains, all the new ones that come out, they're always like, it's the fastest, it's the cheapest, right? So Solana, I think, was one of the first ones to actually, you know, come out with that and execute on that plan. Super fast, super cheap. But then the downside of that it is- It security, right? And then there's some been some hacks recently. Yeah. Um, I think that's like the biggest knock against Solana. And what's really hurting it right now is the fact that it's not secure and they've, had what like six outages seven outages they just had another one yep it's non-stop and when that happens you lose consumer trust consumer confidence um developers who want to develop further on your blockchain you're not going to have enterprises who are going to be developing on it so they're losing out right now i think For even sure. with ethereum's high gas fees i mean definitely so when you look at what's happened over the past year you see there's so many good things that Solana has accomplished, more so than a lot of the other products and blockchains that we talk about. And the key thing, and we've talked about this in our Solana episodes many times, it's adoption, right? Solana was one of the most used blockchains behind Ethereum for NFTs, for play-to-earn games, for settling transactions. You know, everyone can talk the talk, but when you actually walk the walk and capture users, like they just launched their Phantom wallet, so now people are actually using that's their NFT wallet on mobile, um, People can actually, you know, we can use Solana on a day-to-day basis. As much as we talk about Avalanche and Near Protocol and Cosmos, it's really hard to find use cases. Solana has those use cases 
that's why it's it's had such a crazy rise in token price, right? So I think, you know, let's say I'm, you know, the average listener, the average user who's in crypto right now. I transfer money across usually, uh, you know, with XLM, um, Stellar. Yep. Or sometimes I'll transfer it across to Binance Smart Chain. I've been using Tron as of late because, you know, Ethereum gas fees and Binance was congested. So <clears throat> as, a, as the everyday user, why do I care about the transaction speed so so much when I don't really personally care at the moment? Is it the enterprises that care more so? Are like where's where are the transactions? Why is this transaction speed so important for speed specifically over cost? You're, you're asking, yeah. Like why 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 Solana for speed? Right. So for transaction speed, um, one of the big things about speed that makes it important is play to earn games, right? So if there's tra- micro transactions happening in a game, you know if it's if it's a Pokemon style game and you have to buy and sell and fight and all these things, the NFTs, you want those transactions happening right away, right? You can't be waiting 20 minutes to mint an egg and then fight another person in the game. It has to be quick transactions. So that's one of the reasons why so many play to earn games are building on Solana is because the transactions are instant. And even me, you know, I've, I've dove into NFTs on Ethereum, Solana, et cetera. It's so much nicer minting an NFT on Solana because you mint it and it's yours. Mm. With uh, Ethereum, if you're trying to get into a mint, like a drop, you might have to wait 20, 30 minutes and then it fails and then you, you lose your gas fee and you don't have anything to show for right. it. So Solana definitely did solve that. Um, and then I guess you also don't know with Ethereum what the gas fee is potentially going to be. That's right. Because it depends on the network and how yeah. much is being used, right? So Ethereum, it could be 10, 20, 50, 100, $5,000. Solana, it's either 0.001 cent or it's 0.002 cents, right? Yeah. So in terms of performance, they've really nailed that speed part of it. And we talked about that Mark Cuban thing a while ago, right? It's like the end consumer doesn't really care what's going on in the background. So, you know, the crypto heads, the knock against Solana, as we said, it's it's not it's not decentralized. It's not secure. It goes down. But the end consumer doesn't necessarily care about that. They want NFT now. Yeah. They want game to go fast, right? But when so, the network's out, you can't, you can't get it now. That's the flip side, right? So... <laughs> We had, that's that's the one thing we really need to cover today is yeah. the recent outages. Right. There's been like seven outages over the past year, mm-hmm. and I think like three in the past week or something. Yeah, the most recent one was a what was it? There was a okay, so the recent it was a seven hour outage. Bots, there was a bunch of bots that flooded the network. It hit Solana Solana Candy Machine, which is an NFT minting tool. Okay, and that's what put it down for the seven hours on Saturday. So seven hours is, is a pretty long time. Yeah, there was a seventeen hour outage in September of 2021. <clears throat> And as someone who holds funds in my phantom wallet, Solana, other Solana-based tokens, you know, that really fucking sucks because I can't touch my, my coins. Mm. Those, you know, Solana could tank, Radium could tank, uh, you know, whatever else I have, CryoWar can tank. And I, I can't trade, I can't access. And that's like having your bank account frozen. And it did. It went from 220 bucks to 140 yeah. in 24-hour span during that 17-hour crash. Yeah, so that... Right away, that that for me, it's a huge red flag, and I've been thinking about it for a while. And as you know, like I've been a big proponent of Solana, and it was one of my better trades last year. But as these hacks happen more and more now, it it's really made me think about: Do I want to be a long term holder in this coin that it keeps crashing? You start to lose faith, right? And then, okay, then <clears throat> you start to see: Am I going to allow them to figure it because they have experienced these crashes now? Am I going to wait and be like, okay, no, they actually have figured it out? But if it's happened seven. Eight, we're going on eight times now. That's too much for me. And, you know, I'm starting to kind of back away a little bit. It's a lot. And the, the pro Solana crowd, 
their their flip side argument will be that it's still in you know beta it's we're st- obviously you know we are still very early in, in this whole crypto thing solana it only really launched a few years ago i think it was 2018 um, and it's only really come to fruition in the past year in terms of mainnet and transactions so we do have to take a step back sometimes and give it a bit of leeway it is new it is fresh and i don't think even the largest solana bull could have predicted how much adoption they captured in 2021 could they have planned for having millions and millions of users, NFTs, games, all this stuff being built on it right away? Maybe the, the chorus of the team members hope that, but it's really impressive what they've accomplished. And I think yeah. that's one of the reasons why they're having a lot of trouble now. Yeah. And, you know, speaking to the team, right? This is something we could talk about. They have really experienced team members, you know, where they both from Qualcomm, you know, the largest chip manufacturer in right. the world. Um, they, those two individuals... They also help manage Firefox operating system. So they have some really good tech background as well. Um, so that we, I guess we could speak to the team a little bit. Yeah. So, and, and then, but then, so that's great about the team. But then on the flip side, and this is another huge knock against Solana, is it's venture capital backed. Exactly. Right? So what that means is instead of a fair launch or a community launch where, you know, maybe some, there is some pre-sale behind the team and maybe some marketing uh, people behind it. And then it launches to the retail. Solana was heavily invested in by venture capital firms, high net worth individuals, billionaires, uh, Chamath, legendary SPAC slash scammer Chamath. <laughs> um, he was big into, he's a big Solana guy. Like he, you know, got in at 0.1, whatever. Yeah. So what that means is there's currently a lot of people holding a shit ton of coins that can dump on retail investors. Yeah. So that always makes you hesitant about buying any coin, right? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, the team holds 35% of the tokens. Still, after, right? After going through their tokenomics. Yeah. That's how much the, t- the team got. But 48% of the tokens were given to insiders. That's half the tokens to insiders. So then we can start getting to the debate of whether it's centralized or decentralized based off of, you know, who's holding the, the amount of tokens, the validators, et cetera, right? Right. So. And when you, this is something you should look for when you're, you know, looking at any coin. Should I invest in it? And we, we'll talk about this in another episode, our tokenomics episode. Yeah. But when you see a lot of people holding that amount of coins, what that means is when the price pumps, they are more likely to dump. Because as an early investor, you're in it for profit. So when Solana goes to 200, 300, that's when they dump. So you're chasing a pump that is inevitably going to dump. Whereas if there is no venture capital backing and a lot of people don't hold a lot of the coins, it can pump naturally and it might not dump as hard. So it's a flip. It's a, and it's a, it's, a, it's a significant amount of money when it's a, they get in at a seed price of let's say twelve cents, and it's currently trading at eighty dollars. Yeah. So every if it goes up from eighty cent, sorry, eighty dollars to eighty dollars and twelve cents, they just did a, a hundred, you know, two x on their money for every twelve cents it exactly. goes up. So you're talking billions <laughs> of dollars here, right? Yeah, we're talking a lot of money. So if that price does move a bit, they are going to dump on you. So another thing we need to talk about for Solana is it is inflationary. You know, we always talk about tokenomics. There's only 21 million Bitcoin ever created. You can't make any more. Ethereum is going to be switching from inflationary to deflationary with Ethereum 2.0. Solana is inflationary. Solana supply inflates by 8% every year due to staking rewards. Now, it will be reduced at a rate of 15% per year until it gets down to 1%, but it is still inflationary by nature. And what that means is there's more tokens created every year. So when it comes down to simple supply and demand, if there's more tokens created every year, the price will naturally suffer because there's more supply of the same asset, right? Yeah. And so with the mainnet going live in 2020, I think that's expected for the first like five years or so. 
you know, look into layer ones, typically they are inflationary because you need to reward the validators uh, to secure the network. And this allows for the ecosystem to develop even further. Right. But if you're a long-term investor and look, look down the road, then this inflationary aspect, you know, you kind of got, you need to put it on this, on the back burner a little bit. Definitely. Definitely. But to that supply, to that, this is a knock against Solana. So, sorry. I, I am coming along. Just shitting all over. I'm right a little now. bearish. I know. I, I'm a little bearish against Solana. Yeah, yeah. And I just can't deal with the, the outages. I'd rather almost pay a higher gas fee knowing that's going to work out than the outage and not have access. Look, to at the money. end of the day, if you have thousands, thousands of, of dollars in these coins and you can't access them, that's the, fuck that, that. That's what I'm saying. I'm out, right? <laughs> like once it's happened to me, it happened to me. What's it? Fool me once, shame on me. Yeah. Fool me, fool me, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. <laughs> yeah. I've been fooled seven motherfucking times in Solana. <laughs> I'm almost done. I've almost reached my limit, right? Uh, so yeah, to the, to the circulating supply and the inflationary aspect, and I know they already have the knocks against them when it, when it comes to the outages. But there was also the fact that Solana claimed that there was only 8.2 million in circulation um, a few years back. But there was speculation that there was more. And uh -oh. Solana denied it. They said, no, there's no more. There's no other tokens. This is all that there is. So there was an independ independent investigation. And they actually found, found out that there was an unlocked wallet with another 13 million Oof. in tokens. They were actually for a loan for the market maker. But what ended up happening is Solana only was able to recover $3 million. They had to create another $8 million more. So not only were they caught lying, but then they had to create even more on top of that. Sketchy. So we're doing, so far, we're seeing the outages. We're seeing some sketchiness in terms of invested, uh, independent investigation. Mm. And the fact that the team holds 35% of the tokens with the insiders holding nearly half of the tokens. So Yeah. So... There's a lot of, you know, long-term <laughs> bearish, sketchy things that we've just covered about Solana. We also covered what they've accomplished, which, yeah. you know, it has to be commended that they've done very well. They've gotten one of the hardest things to do in crypto, which is adoption. People actually use Solana. Your everyday crypto NFT investor playing games, people actually use Solana, which is more than you can say about 99% of all crypto projects that are all promises and no delivery. Now I think we should talk about whether it's a good investment now and comparing it to other layer ones, where they're at and, and market caps, right? <clears throat> so Solana, as it is right now, is around a 30-ish billion dollar market cap. Yep. It's in the top 10. Yeah. I remember when it was, you know, around 100, like a, a year ago or something, when we were like, oh, it's five, seven, 10 bucks now and boom, right? <laughs> yeah. So where it's, if it, you know, where it is now compared to some of the other layer ones we talk about, like Avalanche or Near Protocol or Cosmos or Algorand, is it still a good investment for you right now or is are are you out? So yeah, I mean looking at even you know, you got Avalanche at sixteen billion dollar valuation. About half. Yeah. Uh you got Cosmos at five billion and you have even Hadera Hashgraph at mm. two billion. Old age, old slow age. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm I, you know, we've been doing these podcasts now for what, like six months or yeah. so? It's seven months. It's still see we're still so early. Yeah. So I remember investing in Ethereum back in 2016. I didn't look at it again until 2021. We just need to be patient. Yeah. But I do. So how much further can Solana go with a $30 billion market cap? Is it going to see a 10x and go to 300 billion? With what we've you know highlighted in terms mm. of the team and all these other things, I think I'd rather be allocating my money to something like a Cosmos, which also has, I think it's the third highest um, in terms of developers right, right. now, yep. just behind Polkadot. So I'd be looking to something like that that has a $5 billion valuation. Definitely. Um, what, so. what I'm My strategy going forward with layer ones um, is a bit different. In 2021, you know, we were 
firmly in the in the hype of a bull run. So you can yeah. place your money in these salons, blah, 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 and it goes up. Now, you know, things have changed. The market is a little sketchier. Even moving forward, you know, growth tech valuations are never going to be what they were. So you have to be a little bit pickier. It's more of a, a trader's market, like a, a stock picker slash crypto picker's market. So for me, especially with layer one, what I'm looking for is blockchains that are pre-adoption, but show so much promise that you almost, nothing's for sure, nothing's guaranteed, but there is adoption coming. So that's like investing in Solana in uh, when it was 10 bucks. April 2021, yeah. right? pre-adoption. Right. Now Solana is post-adoption. That's why it's got a $30 billion market cap. So that's why I'd look to a near protocol, an avalanche, a Cosmos, a, a Polkadot. You know, people aren't really retail investors and, and traders, crypto users aren't minting NFTs on near protocol yet. No. Avalanche is just <laughs> starting to get there, right? So for me, these are pre-adoption layer ones. And I think the risk to reward ratio for pre-adoption layer ones is so much higher. For us as young people that can you know afford to lose the money, a lot of it, but it could 10x, it could 50x, right? It's the hype, you know, so much of crypto is a hype train. You have X amount of tokens, you, then you get marketing, and then you get a flood of individuals who start pumping money into, it becomes down to a supply demand, it drives the price up. So when Solana is already doing NFTs and then there is a crash, things can only go wrong for them. Yep. But when we start talking about a near protocol or a Cosmos, and then there's this oh, they're about to list or they're about to implement their NFT marketplace or they're about to, yep. that's when the FOMO and the hype starts to generate this buzz around these smart contracts, which does inevitably drive the price up. Right. But then the flip side of that investment thesis is because Solana has proven adoption and they are in the top 10 uh, crypto coins, when institutional money comes in and when big money comes in and when the bull market does come back and you know Joe Blow, who knows nothing about crypto, wants to put 100K into crypto, he will choose Solana because he's heard of it. He hears the name Solana being thrown around. He's not going to know what Cosmos Adam is. He's not going to know what Harmony One is. He knows, he or she knows what Solana is because they've heard of it, right? Mm. So it will pump in the next bull run, guaranteed, because institutions will choose it. It's, a, it's in the top 10, so it's an easy choice. People will just throw money into it without doing any research, without listening to this podcast at all. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not. We're not going to come and say Solana's never going to pump again. Correct. But you're not going to get the 10x. You're not. Well, maybe in a long term. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. But you know, we always talk about that path to alt season, right? Mm. So Solana will always be one of the first ones, probably, to pump after Bitcoin and Ethereum because it's right up there. So if you if you're trading, play it that way. You know, maybe you could catch a quick trade in Solana and then roll it into avalanche near yeah you know so if the network's out can the price still go up the network's out i'm fucking out <laughs> yeah i mean look i've i flipped now i, I was a huge solana guy and now yeah, after yeah. after being burnt so many you can only be burnt so many times until you change your thesis on an investment and i think you have to you have to be flexible with your investments you can't just close your eyes and always be loyal to one stock or one crypto if things change things change and you have to change your thesis and for me personally, Solana is no longer one of my favorite coins. I still hold a little bit of it because I can't access it because the network's down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's never going to be one of my largest holdings anymore, I don't think, unfortunately. Yeah. Goodbye, Solana. We had some good times. Yeah. I mean, you could look, to, I mean, there's, e there's also the centralized, decentralized debate as well. Um, I guess with, you know, half the, half the data, five data centers or something control 50% of the nodes. So it's also considered centralized as for anybody who likes the web three DeFi space for things to be decentralized. Right. They also have that little bit of a knock against them as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think I'm, uh, 
I'm staying away from it. Yeah. I think there's just way too many other good projects for sure. out there. I mean, there's like a hundred thousand cryptocurrencies. Yeah. I got money I could put elsewhere. For sure. I mean, look, if you're listening to this episode, let us let us know what you think about Solana in the comments. We're happy to engage in a discussion. If there's anything we missed, let us know. Um, you know, we're always happy to change our mind. But for now, I think we've kind of turned bearish on Solana. Yeah. So hit the subscribe button, smash the like button, and make sure you tune into the next episode. That one's going to be a banger. All views expressed by speakers on the BeamPod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the BeamPod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.